This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about taking happiness from the abstract to the concrete. This week, we'll talk about why you might try using gentle language and we'll feature listener answers to the question, What's the best resolution you've ever made? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sometimes happiness guinea pig. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and it will be a challenge for me to use gentle language, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. <laughs> Before we launch in, I just wanted to remind people that if you pre-ordered Outer Order Inner Calm, make sure you submit your proof of purchase at outerorderinnercalmbook.com. I'll put the link in the show notes because you get the pre-order bonus and there is part of that is a 21-day Outer Order Challenge, which is a series of emails. And that's going to start on February 1st. So you want to have it by February Mm -hmm. 1st so that you can join in with everyone else who's pre-ordered. And also remember about the thing that if you order five or more copies, you get a shout out on the podcast. So um, I can't wait for that. (laughs) So submit your proof of purchase um, and how many copies you bought, and um, we'll see who does that. So fun. And Gretchen, um, we have an update on our 19 for 2019 list. We've been hearing from so many listeners about their lists, um, and we loved um, this from Matt. He said, I have three children, a nine-year-old daughter and six-year-old twins, and I asked them to come up with their own 19 for 2019 lists. My oldest child's list included getting new jewelry, scoring 100 on a math test, spending more nights with grandparents, and riding a roller coaster. Some highlights from the twins' lists included hug mama, hug daddy, practice handwriting, collect coins, go fishing with daddy, go to the animal shelter. So this was such a great idea to have kids do their own list. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to try to get Eliza and Eleanor to do it. But I have to say, Elizabeth, the list that included collect coins reminded me of your, like, the scam that you had going as a kid that drove me <laughs> crazy, which is you told our grandparents that you collected dimes. So they would give you all their dimes. I was like, 
don't you people yeah. understand this is just money? <laughs> and they, they— Well, in fairness, Gretchen, I had a piggy bank that was just for dimes. It had a long tube, and you just filled in dimes. So I felt justified in saying that I collected dimes. Well, maybe these kids have something similar because collecting coins, yes. right? Okay, good. Well, yeah, but it is a great idea for kids to do their own list. So fun. Yes. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so this week, our Try This at Home tip is to use gentle language. And before we talk about the advantages of gentle language, um, I must point out that there is research that points out that there is benefits to not using gentle language, that actually swearing can boost happiness. Hmm. Well, it goes, Gretchen, with what you always say, that, that usually the opposite of a truth is also true. Well, exactly. And so while there's research that, that suggests that swearing can boost our persuasiveness, it can convey our feelings in a few words, sometimes it can increase tolerance for pain or boost performance during a workout, there's some indication that if people are, like, swearing, that, that helps them. But it also, I feel like, and I feel like for me at least, it has the opposite effect. It makes things worse, not better. Well, I will say that I do think sometimes when I swear a lot, it I can get myself really revved up into an ugly, angry place. Yeah. It's not good when I use it in anger because even though it feels satisfying, it kind of just gets me more riled, which just takes me further down the black hole. Well, see, and I think that is exactly the point. Like, well, maybe strong language is going to make me feel better if, like, I slam a drawer on my fingers— I find that yeah. when I use gentle language, I feel calmer, I feel more in control of myself, I feel less volatile. And this is the psychological phenomenon that we've talked about before, which is that we should act the way we want to feel. And if you act in kind of an angry, enraged, furious you know, um, way, it inflames those feelings in us. And if you, you use language that's more gentle... You know, it's not that I'm enraged, it's that I'm annoyed or I'm a little bit irritated, mm -hmm. not, you know, uh, hopping up and down or y shouting or not only just cursing, but extreme language, you know? Right. When you say gentle language, um, a term that I love for some reason, you don't just mean the F word. You're talking about how you speak in general, right? Yeah. I mean, like, because I can imagine myself, like, talking to one of my daughters and being like, and saying, like, I am so angry that blah, 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 instead of being like, you know, I was really, it was really frustrating to me to see that blah, 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 or, um, mm -hmm. or even better to say, like, what's, what's up? Because you said you were going to do X, but then I saw Y. And not even, like, trying not even to feel the anger, but to open up the door to say, like, should I even be angry or maybe there's something else going on altogether? I often find that, you know, because I do have a very short temper, like I, t I tend to come in very high. And when I just yeah. really try to discipline myself to keep everything in a lower level of intensity, it makes me feel yeah. calmer. And then because I'm calmer, other people respond to me more calmly. And then we don't get into, right. we don't work, everybody doesn't get themselves all worked up into a rage of, you know, amplification. Yeah, because I really think when someone speaks harshly to me, I have a physical reaction yeah. to that. Yeah. You know, my blood boils if someone uses harsh words with me. So it really can just be sort of um, lead to like all sorts of 
ugly feelings on both sides that really aren't necessary or warranted. Yeah. Well, and then I think sometimes people use very harsh language on themselves. Like, you're an, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm yes. so stupid. Gosh, I can't do anything yes. right. I'm such a klutz. Yes. We're sort of like, oh, boy, it's annoying to have to go back for my keys. Or, eh, you know, that's a pain. Um, and just to sort yes. of uh, just bring everything down into a more a, a more gentle uh, tone and a more gentle range of vocabulary. Well, I would be curious, and I want to partake in this experiment, to have people try this for a week. Like, if you're someone who loves to curse and loves to not use gentle language, just try it for a week and see if it has an impact. Yeah. If it does make you calmer and happier, or if it makes you feel stressed out, like you're not expressing yourself. Right. Right. No, I mean, I think that's exactly right. It, it's something where it's something to experiment with because maybe it will change how you feel. Maybe it'll make you feel better. Maybe it'll make you feel worse. Maybe it won't matter. Um, but it's something that might be interesting to try. Yeah, I'll have to tell Sarah because on Happier in Hollywood, the podcast I co-host with my writing partner, we do curse and we get mail from people who do not want us oh. to do that. Um, so um, I'll have to tell Sarah we need to try an episode of gentle language only. Well, for, you don't curse that much. It's almost like you guys do it more for no. emphasis. But why do people want you to stop? They just don't like hearing it? They don't like it. Mm. Yeah. But some people love yeah. it, like with all yes. things. Equal number of people say, I love that you swear. It makes you more relatable. Yeah. And then other people say, you sound so crass and coarse. Uh, Don't swear. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is really more about your own state of happiness. Yes. You know, like, is this Absolutely. something that boosts your happiness, yes. makes you feel more calm? For me, yes. it really helps. But, but as you say, it might not. Um, but Alyssa, this reminds me, I've just been watching The Good Place, um, which I, I a lot of people know well as a great show, but I only recently started watching it. And it's a great running gag on The Good Place, um, because when when the main characters are in The Good Place, which is sort of like heaven. Which is heaven. Yeah, um, they can't curse even when they try to. And um, so here's a clip of Eleanor, the main character, realizing for the first time that uh, she can't curse in The Good Place. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. That's bullshit. Unfortunately, we, we we can do it if we want to. So we we have to use um, yeah. we have to use our efforts uh, if we want to use gentle language. Um, let us know if you tried this at home and whether using gentle language works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin .com or go to happiercast.com slash two zero six for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack about an innovative way to use postcards. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Elizabeth, here's a happiness hack from Jennifer. She says, I have many different hobbies. However, sometimes I find that when I get home from work or on weekends, I feel overwhelmed with decision fatigue and find myself doing none of them. I choose to sit in front of the TV instead, even though I feel worse for it. I know it may sound strange, but sometimes it almost feels like I'm cheating on my other hobbies if I actively choose one over the rest, so I end up choosing none. I found a way to get around this after someone gave me a box of 100 postcards of pictures of cats. <laughs> On the back of 50 or so of these cards, I've written an activity, some quite specific, some more generic. When I find myself with free time and can't decide what to do, I take a card in the box and do whatever it suggests. I quite like the thrill of turning the card over to see what I'll be doing. These are all activities I enjoy doing, but I don't force myself to do something if I really don't feel like it and just choose a different one. I've found that this has helped me rediscover old hobbies and it keeps things fresh so I don't get bored. I can see how this idea might also be used for other aspects of your life, e.g. choosing where to eat, places to visit, books you've been meaning to read. I like having postcards as you have the bonus of something nice to look at, although plain cards would work too. Well, this is such a fun, smart idea. This is a really, really fun idea. And it reminds me um, that this is something that I've heard from rebels because, you know, rebels don't like to tell themselves what to do. And so sometimes Mm. rebels will use this kind of gamification. Like I've heard of them like writing tasks on slips of paper and then they'll randomly choose one. And again, it's this idea of there's sort of an unexpected quality to it. And I think it's also good for obligers because it might be if you could hold your – some obligers wouldn't be able to do this, but some obligers would almost feel accountable to the system. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I have to do what the card says, you know, or, you know, you could work with somebody who's like, here are your cards. These are the cards for you to do. And as she says, it kind of – it's automatically mixed up. And so it gives you this Mm -hmm. lovely range. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely have had that feeling before on a Saturday, like you have a free Saturday, and it's like paralyzing. (laughs) Like, what do I do? Yeah. 
So I love the idea of having a guide, but one that you've set for yourself so with only things you like to do. And I like that she says if she doesn't feel like doing it, she just picks another car. Right. Well, and if you're and if you're with somebody where, you know, where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. And then you yeah. sort of you're like, there's a million places to go in LA or New York, but how come I can only think of the one that's down the street? Mm-hmm. You can kind of just keep this going and then draw from it when you want it. Also, I think like, for instance, I love postcards. I think postcards are so fun. It's fun like if you go to a cool museum or a cool place to buy a postcard, but then what do you do with it? Nobody really sends postcards anymore. So I kind of like the idea of maybe collecting these postcards as a memento and then using them in this way. It's a a new way to use postcards, which are a fun kind of thing in the world, but it's sort of hard to know what to do with them. And then you get to keep them. If you send a postcard, you you don't you don't get to keep the memento. But if you are like, ooh, this is my favorite object in every museum I've ever yes. I've ever been to, it's like, oh well, now you have a, it's it's a way to use a collection and a really um, use you know really make use of it. Yes. So Jennifer, thank you for that great hack. Yes. And now we have listener answers. So we started this new segment where we throw out a question to everyone and ask for their answers. And Alyssa, I have to say, this was an amazing question that we got um, in episode 201 because a listener asked people to suggest, well, what was the best resolution they've ever made for being happier, healthier, more productive, more creative? It was so just fascinating to read people's answers to this question. Yes, they really range across the spectrum. Um, Emily said, last year my resolution was that every time I found myself doing a stupid workaround on the computer or doing the same task over and over, like cutting and pasting a bunch of numbers, I would look up whether there was a way to do it correctly or automate it. This turned out to be a great resolution. It helped me feel more confident with my computer and, by extension, the modern (laughs) world, as well as adding intellectual interest to routine tasks. It also came up more frequently than I thought. I had thought it might be once a week, but I did it almost daily. Now, see, this reminds me of my 19 for 2019 because one of my things was to use my phone more efficiently and, like, figure out shortcuts mm. and, and and things. And so this is really – this is helpful for me because it's reminding me, like, this is really valuable thing to look at in life. Yes, and it will save you time. Yes, it will save you time. Ultimately. Sandy has one that, Elizabeth, I th- you and I can both very, very much identify with because it's related to driving. Um, She describes this as her biggest resolution ever. Um, My resolution was to crush my anxiety and panic attacks mostly around driving and driving on the freeway. I hadn't driven on the freeway for at least seven years. It caused me debilitating anxiety and panic, especially with my kids in the car. I could hardly go more than a couple of miles with them and only a few more by myself. When I became a single mom in 2017, I realized how much it was holding me and my children back. I decided I would do and spend whatever it took to finally get over my anxiety. Within just a few weeks of working with a coach, I was able to drive a bit further and do little things that were anxiety-provoking, like going to the grocery store. After a few more months, I finally got back on the freeway and was able to drive to my new boyfriend's house from El Sereno to Santa Monica. This was huge. It took me until the last week of December to do it with my two little girls in the car, but I did it. After working with my coach and my doctor, I am virtually free of anxiety and now fly down the L.A. freeways singing songs without much worry at all. (laughs) It has been the biggest thing holding me back for years, and being able to do it, absolutely life-altering. 
Wow. Well, Gretch, we relate to this because we both hate driving. Yes. And in fact, I have to admit, I've even had the thought before, like, of course, I want Adam to be around forever because I love him. But I also have actively had the thought, oh, my gosh, if he died, I would have to do all of the driving. <laughs> Um, like going to his parents' house. Cause I, I'm very, even though I drive on the freeway, I drive like my routes. Yeah. When I have to go somewhere that I don't know, I have ex extreme anxiety. And in fact, I often will like take a car instead of driving because I have such anxiety about it. So I completely understand this. And I'm really proud of Sandy for conquering this fear. Well, because, and I tried to do this in Happier at Home. I write about how I like got a driving instructor and started and did some driving, but I've really backslid on that. You know, I just don't have to drive that much in New York. And so my anxiety yeah. is creeping up again because as I don't do it, it makes me more and more anxious. Mm -hmm. This is a, this, so yes, Sandy, well done. That is a huge thing. It sounds like it's just opened up your life and the life of your children in an enormous way. We get how hard it is, so that's a very, very exciting yes. resolution. Well done. Now, Allison says, as part of 18 for 2018, I set a goal to walk, run, or bike three miles a week. The bar was low, but enough to get me away from my desk in the middle of the day. My original goal was just to get back in the habit of consistently doing some exercise each day. The added benefits here were twofold. Literally walking away from a work problem for a few minutes helped me clear my mind and get unstuck. Also, while tracking this goal for my 18 for 2018, I started noticing that the weeks I didn't get outside and moving, my mental health suffered. Now that I've seen the benefits, it's part of my routine. Well, Lizzie, this reminds me of how you and Sarah talk on Happier in Hollywood about doing the loop, that when you're stuck at work yes. or where you need to kind of like take a breath or get a little like fresh ideas, you you walk around the Disney lot. Yes, we do a loop around the Disney lot, and we always come back, um, if not with an idea, at least like ready to have an idea. <laughs> so I totally relate to this. Great resolution, and glad to hear that Allison is keeping it up. I mean, that's the thing with a great resolution. It's not just for one year. It stays with you then for life. Yes. Um, and speaking of sort of getting outside and getting into nature, Jonna writes, I live in Pennsylvania where the winters can be cold and long. For a long time, I would find myself avoiding going outside during the winter except to get in and out of my car. One year, I decided to make a resolution to go outside every day. To me, this meant going outside intentionally every day of the year, regardless of the weather. I asked my youngest daughter, Victoria, who was nine at the time, to join me in this resolution. We looked online for fun things to do in the winter outside, such as building ice houses using plastic containers from the recycling bin, throwing boiling water into freezing air. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, painting snow, etc. <laughs> that year, I bought myself really warm boots and gloves since I was now outside more often. The highlight from that winter was sitting by an outdoor fireplace with Victoria, bundled up in blankets, reading our books, and a light snow falling on us. It was so beautiful and peaceful, and I hope I always keep that memory. What I learned from that year was that I'm a much happier person when I go outside each day, and that being outside on a cold winter day is quite nice once I made it my decision and had the right clothing and footwear. Oh, that's so lovely. Isn't I that? love that image. Yeah, and I think there, there's a proverb that people say, like, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. Um, so again, mm. it's like, if you're going to do this, like, step up your, your outfits so that you are prepared for this. But I love this idea. And what a beautiful, I love the image of this mother and daughter reading by the fireplace in the snow. Like to me, yes. how great is that? Yeah, well, and it seems like the real benefit was more time with her daughter. Right. And kind of this adventure. 
of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that is super fun. That's super fun. Here's another really fun resolution from Kathleen. She said, I made a really weird resolution last year that I think was super successful. It was go to the movies. To be clear, I don't even really like movies, <laughs> but with two toddlers, I decided it felt like the ultimate luxury of time I could imagine, hours alone in the dark. My husband got me a movie pass for Christmas to show his support. I ended up inviting some girlfriends along after the first or second movie and now have a super diverse group of women that I go to dinner and a movie with once a month. Best resolution ever. Oh, I love that. I love how it evolved, yeah. too. Like, at first yes. it was just, you know, one thing, and then it gets kind of gathered steam, and it's like, a, so it's fantastic. Yes, that's great, Kathleen. Uh, Barbara writes, I don't remember how many years ago I made the resolution that has stuck with me ever since and added to my happiness. The resolution was to proofread what I read before mm. sending it. It was such a simple idea and has made a huge difference in my life. Well, Elizabeth, I thought of you when I read this resolution because this is something that you constantly are reminding people to do, which is to proofread. Yes. Sarah and I always talk about that on Happier in Hollywood. Like, please proofread your emails. Yeah. In fact, someone said, what's your, you know, what's advice for success? And I'm, I am one of my first pieces of advice is proofread emails. Yes. Not that I myself often will send an email with an error, but I do try to always proofread because I almost always catch a mistake. Yeah. Heather writes, my 2016 New Year's resolution was life-changing. I was a chronic snoozer. My resolution was to wake up at my first alarm. I didn't actually enjoy hitting the snooze for an hour and a half. It wasn't restful. It was stressful. And I would like mm. to either use that time to do things or to sleep. Here's what happened. The first two weeks were painful, but I suddenly had time to make breakfast. I went from getting bagels near daily to making eggs and vegetables. I was eating better. Once I got used to this, there was still spare time, so I started going to the gym in the morning. That became a daily weekday habit. Working out in the morning made me so much happier throughout the workday. I was a better employee for it. Soon enough, I fell into a schedule of working out, eating well, and being prepared for work without rushing out the door. Plus, I wasn't sleep-stressing about when I'd have to frantically roll out of bed and run to work. Waking up at my first alarm changed my whole life. I got very fit, which helped in my roller derby career, and it made me happier in general. Wow. Well, Gretch, this is like the mother of all resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this tiny little thing completely enhanced her entire life, health, and roller derby and career. Roller derby. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> yes. Well, I like this phrase, sleep stressing, because there is that, that yes. that's exactly that feeling of like, can I hit it one more time or can I, you yes. know, um, and, and so it's just like, you know, just bite the bullet, get up, and now you have all this extra time. So that's, that's great. That's awesome. And Gretchen, several people emailed about giving up shopping. Yes. That's a big resolution. Yeah. And one listener said, in the last half of 2016, one of my book clubs read The Year Without a Purchase by Scott Dan Miller. It really made me reflect on my own crazy spending habits. I love shopping and have suffered buyer's remorse countless times. I wanted to stop connecting purchases to happiness, especially since it obviously doesn't work for me. For 2017, I resolved to buy no new stuff. I set some rules. I could buy experiences like a trip to see my family out of state and consumables like food, cleaning supplies, etc., but no new clothes, shoes, books, and other physical things that I wanted but didn't truly need. As a classic obliger, I knew I would need outer accountability, so I told my friends and coworkers. A few of the guys set up a betting pool for which month I would give up. I am proud to report that I did not give up. I bought a few things that 
that I truly needed, like a bike helmet, because my old one was not serviceable, and I reported these purchases to my accountability pool prior to buying to check myself. This resolution changed my way of thinking and feeling about shopping and material goods. I have enough. I am happy with what I have. And bonus, my savings account is getting bigger and bigger. I love the betting pool. (laughs) Yes, that is great. That is a new kind of accountability partner that I had not thought about. But if there's a bunch of people at work who are, like, betting on you, like, that would really make you feel accountable. Yes, yes. It's interesting, too, because there is a whole literature of people not shopping for a year. There's the year without a purchase, the year of less, not buying it. If this is something that's interesting to you and you want to learn more about people's experiences, there is a lot that has been written about how people feel about sort of making the resolution not to buy. Yeah, this worked for Debbie. She said, at the start of the year, I resolved to save a minimum of $25,000 with a stretch target of $35,000. And I did it. I saved $30,000. As an obliger, I'm terrible at doing things for myself, so this makes me so happy. I did it by, one, setting up automatic transfers to some savings accounts— Two, taking on a bit of extra work to boost my income. And three, trying very, very hard not to buy things I didn't need. I hope to repeat this every year for five years. Wish me luck. Well, wow. I mean, saving $30,000 yes. is huge. Yeah. And if she's going to try to do it, you know, for several years in a row and really build that up. And then it's just this great feeling, you know, this great feeling of freedom yes. and not worrying and feeling in control. There's just so many things that uh, are happiness boosters that come from that kind of resolution. Now this is this is on the very very different spectrum, um, how to spend money um, to be a little happier. Zena writes, "I made a resolution for 2018 to not do my own laundry. I don't have my own washer and dryer and have to walk up and down a hill to and from the laundromat. Instead, I drop them at the wash and fold on my way to work and pick up on my way home for 11 months. And I plan on picking it up again for 2019. The best and easiest resolution to stick to ever." And this is a great example of like sometimes you can spend money to buy a little happiness by buying Mm -hmm. convenience or buying time. If you can afford it, you know, you want to make that trade off. Like, where's that money best spent? But for Zena, it was like not doing her own laundry was something that really boosted her happiness. And then, Gretch, this was really interesting. It came from Sarah. She said, in 2017, I was finishing up the second year of my Peace Corps service, and I made the New Year's resolution to start running. I had never been very athletic, and I often found running to be intimidating. However, I wanted to see more of my community, and I needed an activity to help pass the time. There's a lot of free time in the Peace Corps. As I continued to run, my community would get so excited to see me and cheer me on. If I missed a run, multiple people would ask me why I didn't go running today. They kept me accountable. It has been two full years since I started running, and I have completed various 5Ks and a half marathon. It definitely would not have been possible without my Peace Corps community cheering me on, all of those in my life who held me accountable. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Um, Amy in London says, I made the resolution six years ago to donate blood two or three times a year. I've stuck to the resolution ever since, and every time I donate, it is such a great feeling. The fact I could literally be saving someone's life, although I don't know anything about the person who receives it. And I'm also paying it forward. Who knows when I or someone I love might need a blood transfusion. About three years ago in the UK, the blood service started sending a text message to let you know which hospital in London has used the blood you donated, which is a small but lovely thank you. 
the day I got a text to say that my recent donation had been used to treat a victim of the London Bridge terrorist attack was pretty emotional. Wow. That's wow. A, what a wonderful yeah. resolution. That says so much good in the world. Do good, feel good. Yes. And finally, Kevin wrote about a resolution to organize his workspace. He said, I love to build and do renovations in our house, but my workshop has always been in a disastrous state. This mess has taken the joy out of it and made it a struggle to get motivated to do anything. I finally decided to work on organizing and finishing the many projects I have the materials for but haven't started. The surprising thing is it didn't take more than a couple of days to clean and to realize the secret, a place for everything and everything in its place. Trust me when I say how good it feels, and it makes me look forward to making the people in my life happy with what I can make for them, the table or coat rack that connects us. Oh. So that's great. Well, and it's outer order. It's outer order contributes to inner calm. So as I read what Kevin was saying, I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's not often not as much work as we think to get this kind of order, yeah. and then it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love these resolutions are all things that really enhanced people's lives. Yeah. You know, which is what a resolution should do. It's not just, it's not meant to be like a punishment to yourself. Right. It should enhance your life. Right. And what a lot of them have said is it's like, it sort of, it had unexpected benefits. There was sort of like yes. the declared benefit, but then it had all these sort of collateral unexpected benefits as well. So it was a great question because I think just hearing what other people have done and benefited from, you know, we can all learn from each other. And sometimes hearing what someone else has done inspires us to get going ourselves. So thank you, everybody, for those resolutions. Coming up, I give myself a demerit related to my own New Year's resolution. But first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars. This time it's your turn to talk about a demerit. All right, Gretchen. Well, you know my resolution is to lose 25 pounds. And I know you don't like phrasing it that way because you think it should be in, you know, it should be more specific. But well, it's that's act- my actions, not outcomes. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I chose to do. Um, and part of my actions in this is using an app called Noom, which I, I should say is an advertiser on Happier in Hollywood. And it's an app to help you lose weight. Um, And part of what you're supposed to do is log your meals. Mm -hmm. And my demerit is that I've been only selectively logging my my Mm -hmm. meals. In other words, if I have a meal that feels like a good meal to have had, then I log it. Mm -hmm. But if I eat like a handful of wheat thins, I don't log that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's selective (laughs) logging, which I think is not what is intended. So that's my demerit. I think that's a demerit that speaks for itself. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> At least I know I'm doing it. I'm on I am being honest with myself about this demerit. Yeah, and now that you've sort of officially logged it into your demerit consciousness, maybe you'll be better about using the monitoring and logging yes. comprehensively. Yes, because I do think it's helpful. Yeah. So anyway, that's me, work in progress. Um, <laughs> Gretch, what's your gold star? Okay, my gold star goes to my daughter, Eliza. So we were traveling someplace, and so we were at the airport, and we were eating breakfast. And I just mentioned in passing that for my whole life, or since I was little, I have been haunted by this movie that I saw in grade school. Um, It was about kind of like, it was like a Halloween movie and there was a witch and there were these blueberry pancakes and there was magic. And I always wanted to see it again, but I could, it was just like on the very outskirts of my memory from when I was in like second grade. So Eliza's sitting there, you know, she pulls out her phone and in like one minute, she hands me a story called Something About a Witch that ran in the New York Times in 2011, and it's about, and it opens with the story of a guy. It says, for years, Scott Murdoch was haunted by a cinematic image fluttering at the periphery of his memory. It involved a witch. She was serving pancakes, and there were lots of colorful bubbles. Okay, so you couldn't, and this guy is from Kansas City, Missouri. So there's a whole story in the New York Times, and it turns out this is a movie. Um, It was a 1969 short entitled Winter of the Witch. It was often shown in schools, which at that time was very, very unusual that you would watch a movie in school. And so not only did she find me Winter of the Witch, which I've watched and which Mm -hmm. is amazing, but it turns out that there's a whole group of people just like me who were haunted by this movie. And I mean, I've thought about this on and off my whole life, and Eliza found it in like one second. Wow. Um, so this big kind of nagging mystery in my life is solved. I will post a link to the video. It's 22 minutes long. It's super inter- It's a real period piece, so it's super interesting. And the funny thing is that now that I re- watch it as an adult, it's all about happiness. Um, and so here's a clip from Winner of the Witch where the mother of the boy is eating a bit of pancake and she feels the witch's magic. Suddenly I feel quite happy. What did you put in them? That, my good woman, must remain my secret. But 
They are happiness pancakes, guaranteed to make people happy. Even the meanest and happiest people, one bite, and they're not unhappy anymore. I just, I just reversed an old recipe. <laughs> So gold star to Eliza for solving that mystery and reintroducing me to um, something from my childhood. Yes. Way to go, Eliza. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Use gentle language. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And we want to thank our new executive producer, Chuck Reed, who um, has been producing Happier in Hollywood for months, but now he's also producing Happier. Hey, Bye, Chuck. Chuck. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Liz. Great Hi. to have you on board. And you're going to be the executive producer for the whole Onward project. Yes. Yes. Side Hustle School, Happier in Hollywood, Happier with Gretchen Rubin. It's going to be great. Yes, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I keep telling Chuck, Gretchen, that he's going to know more about me than any other human being <laughs> on the planet, including my husband. So, um, all, of my, all of my flaws are going to be known to Chuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, Chuck, we're very happy to have you on board, and um, no doubt we'll be hearing from you in many episodes. Great. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. And we also want to thank our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everybody at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how most people hear about a podcast is from a friend. And subscribe to us however you get your podcasts. If you are giving Outer Order Intercom as a gift um, once it hits the shelves, you can request a book plate now uh, to make sure that you have it when the book is released. I will put in the link where you can ask for a free personalized book plate or a signature card, whether it's for a friend or it's for you. Um, you can ask for as many as you like within reason, but unfortunately, I can do this for U.S. and Canada only because this is an actual physical thing I will be mailing to you. Um, so I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you are trying to create a habit of regular exercise in 2019, we've certainly heard from many people who aspire to that habit, um, you can download my tips for exercising better than before. It's a one-page PDF at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Elizabeth, I'm haunted by another movie from childhood, too. What is it? So I think I must have been like five years old because we were living in Jefferson City. Um, Eliza could not find this one. I am desperate to see it again. It's about a woman who's trapped in a room of white bricks, and she tries and tries to escape, and she finally gets out, and she storms into the director's office of this some kind of institution, and he congratulates her on escaping. And while they're talking, the walls turn back into white bricks. And I've been oh haunted by this my whole life. Okay, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I do not want to see that. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.